beautiful podcast listeners. It is so great to be back here for another edition of Throwing Shade. This is Miriam here with Alan. Alan, how's it going? I'm doing all right, Baruch Hashem. Baruch Hashem, that's amazing. Super excited to be diving into our next episode. And Alan, I understand that you wanted to pick up on some of the ideas that we left off with in our previous episode. So what's on your mind? That is a very generous way of putting it. Bring it on. Thank you. Yeah. Um, yeah, what no, I, I, I mentioned a few things in the last episode, sort of offhandedly, that I wanted to clarify. Chuva, mm, I like um, it. Yeah, that's that's yeah. Um, Do it. Dive right in. Okay, thank you. Um, so yeah, so I mentioned. Actually, I should say the question was brought up: Are the are the shading Jewish? Uh-huh. And do they keep Torah and mitzvahs? And I sort of talked about one idea that's brought up: they 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 keep the will of Hashem, which is in its own way sort of a mitzvah, and um, uh, that's one one idea. But it, the truth is, it's a really rich and diverse machlekes that happens throughout all of literature, all of the rabbinic literature. Okay, machlok is like an like an argument. They're they're coming to blows. Yeah, over and, it's, and it's basically different opinions. Yeah, right, right, right. And it's basically this um, uh, idea. You know, so the the job of the mazikin is essentially mazikin are one of the classes of shade shadim mm. is to cause harm. Uh-huh. Yazik means to cause harm. Yeah. So when you call somebody a mazik. Which is which like happens in some families. There's some crazy child running around. And you refer to them as a mazik. Right. Not happen. Yeah. Yes. That's not. And a they're like a little flattering. troublemaker demon. Well, OK. Yeah. Maybe there's some confusion there, too. But yeah. <laughs> um, uh, yeah. So uh, how can it be that the shadim are described as keeping Torah and mitzvahs? Mm-hmm. And in some cases they are described as Jews um, and uh at the same time, their job is to cause harm, which goes against Torah, Torah and mitzvahs, yeah. seemingly, right? That's legit. <clears throat> so what do the rabbis do with that? Right. So there's a, there's a ton of examples, and you charged me for this episode to pick one. You have to pick one. Right. You can't talk about all of them. I really want yet. to. I really want to talk about all of them, but I'm not going to. <laughs> we, today, we're going to talk about one. <laughs> okay. Tell us one. I'll mention a couple of them. But the one that uh, I wanted to discuss is, um, so we have this negative commandment in the Torah of eating blood. One cannot eat blood. Yeah. And it is, is the, the mitzvah to not yeah. consume blood. And yet, Sforno and Vayikra tells us that blood is the, um, it's Sforno being one of the major commentaries on the on the Torah. And Vayikra being Leviticus, yeah. Leviticus, thank you. Um, I got I'm, you back. I'm getting better at this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're a translator. That's what I do. Um, Sforno comes and tells us that blood is the food of the Shadim. Okay. So, if blood is the food of the Shadim, it would seem to imply that uh, mm. they don't keep the mitzvahs. Right. So... Sforna actually a- answers his own question. He says, when we learn that shading eat blood, we don't mean that they eat actual physical blood because they are not actual physical beings. Mm-hmm. Um, so what we mean is they consume the smoke, essentially, that is pr- produced from burning blood. Like you do. Right. Yeah. That's so weird. So, okay, here's what's weird about that for me. Like, lots of things. First of all, um, the fact that Sforno decided that he was just going to bring up this thing. I assume he's, you know, 
offering some commentary on the mitzvah not to eat blood right. and then starts talking about shading yeah. and whether they eat blood and brings up a problem and then solves it. Right. So, right. So where does he get the idea that shady meat blood? Um, is there like a story of like one time I was in Whole Foods and this, <laughs> <laughs> and this, I saw and this the shade. shade like picked up a bottle of organic <laughs> like GMO free blood and drank it in the cafe. I don't know door. what Whole Foods you shop at. <laughs> <laughs> um, just, you know, just for example. Right. What's his what what's the like why even come up with that? Right. So um, there are a couple of shading where it's described specifically that they do consume blood mm-hmm. um uh named shading actually oh. but um but uh so the uh, the short answer is a couple of places but i will also okay. say for those who are interested ramban actually agrees with the sforno there so the ramban and sforno would seem to hold that shading do consume this um this smoke of the blood without actually consuming the blood, uh-huh. thereby somehow that's still in keeping with Torah and mitzvahs. Okay. Um, so do Shadim like hang out outside of kosher butchers and like wait for them to... No. Because <laughs> the blood gets drained, right? It's not that blood. Oh. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> yeah. What else are we talking about today? <laughs> well, I just want to say one more thing. Toysfus, uh there disagrees with Sforno and with the Ramban. That's, uh-huh. that was the, that's why I chose this. It's kind of a cool example of this, this machlekes, this disagreement. Okay. Um, Toysfot says, no, actually, Shading eat physical blood. Okay, so Toysfot, another commentator, those are Rashi's grandchildren? Yeah. Right, okay, so, and they're saying that actually Shading do eat blood? Yes, and therefore they do not keep Torah mitzvahs. They do oh. not keep the mitzvahs, so that's 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 the uh, the the difference, the difference in in uh, the basic un- understanding of the differences. So I'll just mention a couple of the other examples because I think they're kind of cool. Yeah. <clears throat> um, one of them is this idea that um, shading keep Shabbos or, or or don't. Yeah. Um, which is brought up in the Sechtas Erevin, uh, and Yehuda Chassid is adamant that they keep Shabbos. And, okay. um, and so someone in the Talmud in, in, the, in the tractate of Erevin says that there's a cool, really cool story that um, it's the story about Rav Chizda and Rabbah. They're in two different cities in, uh, you know, Babylonia, mm-hmm. ba- Babel. Yeah. And um, they can they they their thoughts, their uh, words, really their thoughts, they can communicate instantaneously. Yeah. Um, even though they're in different cities. And they can even do this on Shabbos. And the question they ask in Erevin is, how is that possible? Yeah. The first thing that's brought up is, maybe it's Eliyahu Anavi, that he travels between them instantaneously and tells the other what they're saying. Which or, sounds kind of like a cop-out to me. But continue. Okay. But um, <laughs> but it, it, it's a problem on Shabbos because can Eliyahu traverse that distance because of Erev Tchumin, which is something... I encourage our listeners to go listen to, but I won't go into right now. <laughs> um, okay. It would it would essentially mean that Eliyahu Anavi, Elijah the prophet, would be breaking Shabbos in order to, right? In order to well, well, right. so be that's, able to deliver these messages at supersonic pre-internet speed. Correct. And so how is that possible? And the answer, the, the, the conclusion they come to is no, it couldn't be Eliyahu. In fact, what's answered is it's Yosef Sheda, Joe the demon, as you like to put him. <laughs> Joe the demon. Um, Yosef Sheda comes up a couple of times in 
the Gemara, She's and he's my guy. awesome. I'm so excited to talk more about Joe the Demon. <laughs> Another episode. Yeah. <laughs> but he's he's used in this example, and um, uh, Yehuda Chas, Rabbi Yehuda Chassid explains that what happened is he, he was in one place. He was in Sura, and the other, wait, was he in Sura or in Pumbadisa? Let me just take a look here. Um, yeah. No, yeah, he was in Pumbadisa. There was another unnamed shade in Sura, and they would communicate via some long non-physical channel or tube or pipe or something. Or a series of tubes. So it was the internet. Right. That's my joke. And they would do this on Shabbos where it was okay, I mean, I guess. Yeah. And so thereby Yehuda Chassid understands that they were able to still keep Shabbos. That's nuts. And with that, let's take a quick break. Okay, so here we are back. And um, so, first of all, I, like part of me really just wants to talk about Joe the Demon <laughs> <laughs> because he's like my favorite character and probably the entire Talmud. But um, Yosef Sheda will come back to you. Um, so we were talking a little bit about whether demons, whether Shadim actually keep the mitzvahs, which I guess is a separate question from whether they're Jewish or not, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, we know that from a number of different ways. For example, we know that Torah and mitzvahs are, uh, you know, it's, it's sort of, how do I explain? So uh, there's discussing the concept of Torah and mitzvahs, which is usually understood to be a, I guess colloquially or whatever, understood to be uh, pertaining just to Jewish people, mm-hmm. right? Or demons, as the case may be. <laughs> or, or creatures, um, or whatever. Creatures, yeah. right. Um, and then there's the concept of doing the will of Hashem, which mm-hmm. may or may not be the same thing. If you ask Rambam, Hash- Rambam would say that Hashem's will is that all of his creatures, including presumably Shadim, would be <laughs> keeping Torah and mitzvahs. Yeah. But we know that there's a difference between Jewish understanding and, and non-Jewish understanding, meaning that, for example, Jews are expected to keep 613 mitzvahs, and mm-hmm. non-Jews are only expected to keep seven. Right, which are usually referred to as like the Noahide laws. Right. Yeah. <clears throat> right. Excuse me. Okay. So, um, so uh, are Shadim Jewish? Do they have the same mitzvahs as us? Do they observe mm-hmm. them the same ways? Mm-hmm. Are questions that get brought up differently and maybe a topic for the next podcast episode? It occurs or to me we should just like have a shade on the show and like ask them. Is that something you can you can do for us, Alan? No comment. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Um, so, why do we care? Why does this matter? Like, what's what? What's the what's the real meaning behind? You know, what, why do we care whether demons like keep Torah and mitzvahs or not? What's going on? Well, there's a couple of different things I can think of. First of all, there is, there is this idea if you look um, throughout all of rabbinic literature that the Torah is one it's united it's unified and whenever there's an opportunity to see something that looks on the surface like it's a disagreement a stira machlekes something Mm. we have to be misrachek miamachlekes we have to distance ourselves from this disagreement Mm. um and try and unify torah that's basically what the whole rabbinic literature is all about if Mm. you see things that seem on the surface like they disagree find how they might actually be one and the same and not agree, not disagree. Yeah, that's that's one definition of lishma. That is super Jewish. It is. Yeah. Um, we are all one. I believe that to my core. It reminds me of this terrible joke 
about <laughs> this uh-huh. rabbi in his con- congregation who's he's like a new I think it's he's a new rabbi and they're uh, they go into the shmad one point and like half of the congregation stands uh-huh. up and half of the congregation sits down and they start arguing and and they talk about like no we stand up during shma and the rabbi says yes that's our that's our tradition and the other half says no we sit down during shma and he says yes that's our tradition and then it turns out, oh, the, the and you are also right. Like the argument that they have about whether they stand up or sit down is, is the actually the tradition. I'm not sure that actually applies here, but it reminded me of that. Okay. I'm going to stand by it. Uh, all right. <laughs> was that, was there a punchline in that joke or was it just like I mean, trailing probably. off? Probably. <laughs> <laughs> shouldn't really tell jokes, but yeah. <laughs> The idea, no, just the, just the idea of like setting, uh, it's almost like setting up these tensions intentionally and in order to resolve them. I um, feel like it's something that happens a lot in Jewish discourse and conversation of like playing out different sides of an argument in order to unify them. Playing them out is fine. Setting them up intentionally, I think, is a different thing. Mm. Because remember, everything is trying to understand Hashem. What is it, what is the will of Hashem in in any in any single case? Sure. So, um, you know, when we're trying to understand, for example, the realm of Shadim, mm-hmm. there's a lot l- left to the imagination, so to speak, right? Yeah. Um, it's so, super fun. Right, because I think we mentioned this in our first episode, one of our first episodes, <laughs> <laughs> that um, uh, that we have no real physical evidence of their existence. Uh, we have tons of non-physical evidence of their existence, spiritual evidence. but um, Right, but it becomes this sort of open field to be able to imagine and play out some of those um, different types of discourse. Right, and right. So anyway, so a short answer to the original question of this segment mm-hmm. might be, you know, we don't really know that much. Here's what we do know. The question is, do they keep Torah mitzvahs or don't they? Well, some think that they do and have to. Mm-hmm. And some think that they do and don't have to. They choose to. And some think that they don't at all and never had to. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, right. So, and, and, and yeah, so. Uh, yeah, I feel like in some ways the like shading becomes sort of a proxy for just for playing out different interesting halachic kind of um, mind games (laughs) like like setting up these brain teasers and then and and playing them out and living in that 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 realm of where there's there's all kinds of possibility and there's all kinds of um, directions that you can go I appreciate that but I'm going to caution you when you say something like that Mm -hmm. just remember that it's only very recently that Shadim don't seem so real in mm-hmm. history. Yeah, that's fair. Right? So when I say we have non-physical evidence of their existence, we have spiritual evidence of their existence and things like that, what I mean is, um, you know, you can point to the Haskalah movement, you can point to a couple of... The Enlightenment. The, enlighten- the Jewish Enlightenment. Mm-hmm. Um, and you can point to a few things that happened even before then. A lot of people like to point to the Rambam for mm-hmm. these sorts of hyper-rational versions of Judaism. Right. That have to exclude as much of this guesswork, um, air quotes, guesswork, mm-hmm. uh, as they possibly can. Um, but shading were a, totally an everyday reality for Jews yeah. all over the world up until 
very recently, relatively right. in history. It's I appreciate you bringing <clears throat> it up because I do sort of own that I'm looking at these texts and these ideas from a particular point in history and from a particular set of assumptions and my own experience and all that kind of good stuff. Right. Cool. Let's take it to a break. Cool. So let's dive into our next segment, which we are going to call for. We're going to try something out, and and it's called Does It Demon, which is playing off that whole series of amazing YouTube videos called Will It Blend, right? Where, like, the dude put all kinds of wacky stuff into a blender to prove how awesomely strong the blender was, like iPhones and other stuff, which, by the way, do blend. Fun fact. Um, so we're going to put out some questions into the world and ask, does a demon, does this weird thing that we notice in Jewish culture or tradition or whatever have anything to do with demons or is it some other thing at work? Are you excited? Are you as excited as I am, Alan? I'm <laughs> I'm really excited. Okay. I you, like the idea of blending iPhones. I like that you're excited. Yay. So here's my question for does a demon. All right. So if you look at the parchment inside of a, a scroll, the, the, the actual cloth, the scroll, right? Um, so my parents recently took down some of their mezuzot and checked the scrolls to see whether they were kosher or not. And it's a really cool opportunity to just kind of look at that again, which is one of these sort of... Um, uh, it's an artifact of Jewish life that we really take for granted, but has all kinds of fun things associated with it. So on the scroll itself... On one side, there's the words to the Shema um, right. that we're literally putting on our doorposts and on our gates and all of these places that we go in and out of. But on the other side, there's some other writing, um, one of which, one piece of which is the is a three-letter name for God, um, which stands for Shomer Delatot Yisrael, which stands for right. Guardian of the Doors of Israel, right? right. Um, so Ashin, Dalit, and Yud. But then there's this other wacky set of letters <laughs> down there that like you have to turn it over right. and it's weird. It's upside down. It's upside down. It's not like a thing that you would normally say. So what is that and does it demon? I feel like we should have more music there. <laughs> I don't know. Um, yeah. So um, uh, no, <laughs> no, it has nothing to do with what? shading. You can't just answer. <laughs> um, okay, we'll work on this. <laughs> No, it's it's cool. It's uh, it's a Kabbalistic, um, uh, mystical uh, from the Jewish mystical tradition. Um, uh, I feel like I should explain that. I don't know. I don't know what to, don't what worry to about define. It. Yeah, different okay. podcast. Yeah, okay, fine. Um, <laughs> um, Just Google Madonna and oh yeah, red string. Continue. I'm sorry. Yeah. So it's a, it's a, it's a Kabbalistic. We'll get the red strings actually. Oh, we An- should. Another episode, but yeah. On another episode of throwing shade. Uh, thank you. Yeah. Um, it's uh, it's a Kabbalistic formulation of three of the words in the first line of Shema, mm-hmm. Hashem, Elokeinu, and Hashem. The four le- Hashem being the four letter name of God, um, and what it is is it's each of those letters. Uh, leveled up one in the alphabet so Bleeding? right yeah yeah oh that's the sound that's yeah. the sound no for I'm, I'm helping you thank you okay yeah. um, um um so so the first letter is yud and so what you find a first letter of hashem's four letter name is yud so what you find on the back of the scroll is an upside down letter uh 
Kaf, because Kaf comes after Yud in the alpha, in the Aleph base. In the okay. Alphabet. And then the second letter is a hey, so the second so the second letter on the back of the clef is a vav, and then the so third letter is a z- yeah, it's a code, it's a kabbalistic code. Whoa, um, that itself doesn't really have anything to do with shadim, to my knowledge. Of course, if anybody of our listeners finds differently, please let us know. Yeah, but it's um, uh, it's it's rather a protective device for the mezuzah itself. Uh, I guess further protective. Uh, mezuzahs but are from what? What is it protecting from? Oh, okay. So um, I think it demons. Interesting. Uh, so the reason why I feel confident to say that it's not is because this is a mitzvah in the Torah. The Torah tells us to put these things on our door and and on our doors, doorposts. That is, but the. Um, uh, so, it, but in addition, it is also used in an amulet sort of way. Yeah. So, um, in that sense, it is kind of protecting. Um, yeah, but amulets aren't just like random protective whatever. Like there's something out there against which you need that protection, right? So, demon. No, I'm saying <laughs> the primary function of a mezuzah is to keep the mitzvah that's written in the Torah. The secondary function, which comes <laughs> later, is, Alan is a protective amulet. Alan is wildly, I feel like <laughs> I should say to our podcast listener. Right. Okay. Yes. So, um, Which works as well as air quotes, by the way. Thank you. Yeah, no problem. Whatever. <laughs> um, yes. Okay, so short answer is that no. I don't believe so. I think it rather is is mostly there for uh, the the mezuzah itself is mostly there. It's entirely there for the for the uh, mitzvah. There are these things that people put on the back. The name, the three letter name of God you mentioned. This three word formulation of Hashem Elokeinu Hashem. Mm-hmm. Um, there are in fact other things that people put on the back. Sometimes there's like magic squares and other sort of amulets types of things that people put on the back of the scrolls. Whoa. If you find if you can find that. Yeah. Um, and uh, that's pretty cool and therefore extra protection um, of the home against uh, against hell against poor health, against failing businesses and failing, uh, you know, wealth the types of things. It depends. Mm-hmm. But, um, uh, you know, could also be seen, I think, as, you know, a uh, a boost rather than protections. In other words, like. We're putting this mezuzah up on the on the door to keep the mitzvah of mezuzah, mm-hmm. and a little extra boost of like, hey, we really love doing this, and <laughs> you know, um, trying to do this in a kosher kosher way, and mm. more um, leveling up. Right, amulets can be used for protection against negative energies, so to speak, and also for um, what's the word for uh, uh, momentum, you could say. Mm. of positive energies cool i feel like there's a lot to unpack there but i appreciate we could talk about amulets too lots of shading yeah amulets no i i appreciate your you're running with this first segment of does it demon although i'm disappointed that the answer was no i'm pretty sure it's no but again if any of our listeners know differently let us know cool Okay, we've come to the end, and that means we're at our action item. Alan, what are we going to send off our beautiful podcast listeners to to do this week? Uh, 
check your mezuzahs. All get, right. Get your mezuzahs checked twice every seven years. <laughs> um, or, you know, once every 3,000 miles, whichever comes first. Right. Um, <laughs> I see what you did there. Wait, so if anybody actually finds some of that cool stuff on a mezuzah, please, like, take a picture and tweet it at us. If you find a magic yeah. square or if you find... Um, some other cool kind of amulety sort of drawing on your mezuzah as you're as you're checking the cloth inside the the scroll inside. Um, we would love to see that, and maybe maybe we can settle this as a demon because I really I think <laughs> there's <laughs> I think you're wrong. I something there's something there. <laughs> I'm not sure I like the new segment. <laughs> All right, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us for this latest edition of Throwing Shade. We will see you next time. Um, Until then, (laughs) some kind of sign-off that I will (laughs) think of eventually. Uh, Send that to us, too. we got a good idea for a sign-off. Oh, my God, do we need a sign-off. All right, thanks, everybody. (laughs) 